Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Jeff. Just wanted to address this episode here. This is going to be what is kind of to come. This is going to be a bonus episode that we're going to start releasing. They won't show up in the normal feed if you're going in alphabetical or numerical order or order of release. Uh, if your podcast feed has a bonus section, this will be in the bonus section. So we're going to start doing this as so it doesn't kind of mess up the flow of the consistency of the show. We're going book by book in the order that they are. Whenever I have Mark on to discuss something, it'll be released as a bonus episode like this. So what we did is I sat down with Mark and I want to talk about Callus Rose in the spirit clearing um, in reverse order because that's the order we did the shows, but get a little behind the scenes, what he was thinking about when he wrote it, some of the feedback and just answer some questions that some people had had about it. Gonna have some other people on as well that are kind of tied into the whole TUFO world. And as the podcast grows, this is going to grow. And I cannot, like, wow. I, I, I am humbled by all of you that have listened to the show week after week, that interact with us up on the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the Metas and all of that stuff. Just thank you guys so much because without you, I would not do this. Um, so this is uh, th- this is me just kind of going off the cuff. There's no script today. It's just doing the intro, telling you what this sh- this episode and what bonus episodes are going to be all about. As always, if you want to get up on the show and discuss some of the books that we have coming up, email me, michaeltalbotpodcast at iCloud.com. Interact with us off the official Facebook page, Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, feed is just, it's growing. It's up on, I think it's up on iTunes now. It's up on Amazon. It's up on Google. It's going to be up on iHeartRadio soon. Just, it's just, it's growing. So I'm going to stop babbling and say thank you very much. There is no video for this episode. Mark's v- was having an issue with his Wi-Fi. So the video and the audio uh, had a Kung Fu theater type of feel to it. And it was really kind of hard to talk to him at first because it was messing me up. So you hear a little bit of a delay in the beginning. But once we got the flow going, I stopped looking at my screen and we just talked. It worked out <laughs> a, a little bit better. His audio had like a five-second delay on it versus when he, he spoke versus when he did the, his, his, his image move, his picture move. So it's the power of technology. What are you going to do? Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But hey, it's still pretty damn freaking cool, man. So this is it. This is uh, my third interview with Mark. This is a bonus episode. This is where we talk about spirit clearing and Callus Rose. Enjoy. Right. Oh. So how you been? Good. Busy. How you Be- been? Busy. Been yeah. Good. Busy. Yeah. This has been a uh, a big week for you. Released yesterday. You're number four already. Yeah, it's a little weird. You know, uh, normally by this time I'm like getting people like, oh, I finished the book last night. Uh, when's the next one coming out? And I get worried, man, because I'm not getting those friggin' uh, messages, you know? Yep. So you have the uh the, the 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 Samurai Warrior movie delay on your voice. See, right now you just sighed on the video, but I heard it five seconds beforehand. Yeah, I noticed um even when I was uh when I joined, I have this big lag. I don't know what to do about that. That's weird. Maybe it's that uh fabulous Wi-Fi up there in the middle of Maine. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) 
You know what? We will, we, we will, we will make it work as best we can. The people on the audio will be fine. The people on the video, they'll just have to deal with it. Okay. But um, yeah, the audio is fine. We're, we're syncing up with the audio perfectly. So, um, so I was thinking we could, because we, we, we've talked ad nauseum about your background and how you got into writing and your writing process and all of that. But usually after every series, we kind of touch base a little bit. And I wanted to talk to you about spirit clearing because we just finished up spirit clearing a couple of weeks ago. And we had questions and you know, people, they talk about the books and the stories and they're all kind of curious about things and kind of go behind the scenes of what went into the spirit clearing. And it's a very different type of story that we don't normally get in a Tal Michael Talbot book. There's no, you kind of have Jed as the, 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 the best friend that you play off of, but you don't have that BT Drababan um, camaraderie, sarcastic back and forth. It's a very serious story. It was a very serious subject. And the ending of it really took a left turn and became a ghost story of sorts. So I think where I want to start is, is what was the, the thought process behind writing that, that, that book? Uh, when I first came up with the idea, it was going to be a straight ghost story. Um, if you look at the book, it's almost two separate stories. You get kind of the beginning with Jandalin and the love interest. And I mean, that was never really part of my original uh, layout of the book. It was more supposed to be a ghost story from the get go. So I don't know if I lost my way or uh, just the way it was driven with the characters, but it was definitely supposed to be more like the second half of the story than the first half. Mm -hmm. So it was going to be a, just a like from when he gets to the house. I guess, you know, now looking back, I, I don't even remember how many years ago I wrote that book, but yeah, it was supposed to start off as a ghost story and just, go in that vein so like what jandalin jandalin kind of came out of nowhere yeah did it always start off with the car accident after the 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 drive-in yes yeah because i've heard yes. you say in other some other interviews where the where you kind of wrote yourself into a corner with these characters that you decided that the car accident was going to be where the timeline kind of skews off and the different timelines of michael talbot happen so yeah from, not not so much a um not so much painting in a corner or writing into a corner as more of an explanation for the way things happened in okay. my writing career fair enough okay so when did it become the love story um that it was at the beginning did you write the ending first and then go back no, I never, I, I write linear, linear. Okay. so um, I, man, I honestly cannot put my finger on where Jandalin came from, but in terms of like a ghost story in my head, she affected me, you know, she haunted me in, in my, in the writing process, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, and that was a, 
that was the first, I mean, we've talked, we've touched on it, but that was the first book I ever wrote where it was like, I had to take, take a little time off and step back and, and kind of see if I could wipe clean that experience. Mm-hmm. So th- there was never any attention of it being a two-parter or a series. Have you ever, have you come back to him being like, I could follow it up this way and, and continue with it? Or is, was that, is this a one and done type of deal? That's a one and done. I do want to write a true ghost story. That mm-hmm. That is definitely something uh, I've been messing around with. And maybe we'll get a piece of it this Halloween, you know? So, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Cool. Yes. I'm very, very intrigued on hearing what that ghost story is. I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I loved, I always, I was wondering, during the whole book and you kind of see the little bit bits of pieces of death following Mike around and you get it where, you know, Jed's at the apartment and he sees foot, he sees a shadow underneath the door in Mike's bedroom. And he, Jed thinks that Mike is stepping out on Jandalin and Mike's like, you saw that. Oh my God. No, there's nothing there. Go take a look. You try to find something because I don't know what's going on. Mike is kind of, he feels like he's losing his mind, but he's he's not losing his mind. He's he's seeing things in the warehouse when he's going to do his rounds. You know, doors are shutting and he's hearing voices. And I think we've all had that moment in our lives where, you know, did I lock the door? Let me go downstairs and see if I lock the door. And you hear something creak in the background and you're like, okay, you're jumping at shadows. Mike literally is jumping at shadows in this. And we don't know what it is until we get to the house at the end. And this is where the story, I mean, I, I know it was, you know, how many chapters till you got to that point, but this is where the story really takes place. And it could be a standalone story in itself. You know, you could take that, just that portion, portion of the book and make that a movie or a, a TV series or a made for TV movie or something on Netflix or that whole thing could be a story in itself. Was that what you were thinking initially? Uh, I always had it in my head. Uh, I know you, we, your shows are generally one giant spoiler, right? So yeah. If, if you haven't read spirit clearing, shut this off now. Okay, good. Yeah. Go. So I had it, I've always had it in my head that um, they were dead. So wait, it was kind of like, sorry, man. Um, (laughs) Yes. I mean, so I wanted to kind of like, you know, how many people talk about, you know, my life flash before my eyes and then the bright light. And this was kind of his ride into Mm -hmm. the sunset, you know, his, his final flash, you know, in in limbo, if you want to call it, or even some form of purgatory. Mm Mm-hmm. Why'd you go with Jandalin and not Tracy for the for the girlfriend in this, the love interest in this one? Like I said, I'm not I'm not entirely sure where in the ether I pulled her out of mm-hmm. and uh why she became such a, a friggin' haunt, you know. I don't uh I got nothing clear cut for you, man. Fair enough. Just came up with it. Have you ever heard the name? I've never heard the name Jandalin before. Is that something, a name that you heard? You went, that would sound cool. Yeah. Story. No, I heard it. Uh, it, it was a reader. Uh, his wife's name was Jandalin. Obviously her last name wasn't hollow, but uh, mm-hmm. 
figure that out. What a perfect name for a person that doesn't exist, you know? Yeah. The, the name, now that you think about it, like the name Hollow, well, she does exist, but she doesn't exist. You know? Not anymore, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, don't don't drink and drive, kids. That's the moral of this story here. So, oh, Lordy, it should be. <laughs> I liked how we kind of saw a little bit more of the Cheech and Chong movie marathon and a little bit more of what happens with Mike Paul and Dennis in this story because you touch base on it in Indian Hill and a little bit, you know, you, you in Zombie Fallout, you talk about the story, but you never really go in depth with it. Where this one, you went a little bit more in depth with it as to what really happened. And it's it's a different twist on kind of a classic story of, you know, a bunch of guys all going out. They get into a car accident. They hit a tree. Here's all the different spider webs that could happen that are, you know, cracking on the windshield, so to speak, where... Dennis isn't burning up in the back seat. You know, Dennis is gone kind of almost immediately. And Paul kind of sits around and he's in his own, it's in his own thing. And it was interesting that Mike and Dennis go to different places, like their own little purgatory and live their lives before coming back to the point where they realize, wait, we didn't make it out of this car crash. We didn't survive this car crash where Paul stayed there and Paul felt the guilt of what he did and what happened. He just stayed right there in the car. So with Mike, it was, you know, 20 something years or he was 22 uh, when it happened. So it's like four or five years that he went through. Same thing with Dennis. How many years he spent on that? Was that a fishing boat Dennis went on? or Yeah. Or lobstering a crab boat. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Um, that'll be spirit clearing too. The Tales of Dennis on the Lobster Boat, <laughs> Deadliest Catch, starring Dennis. Um, <laughs> where, yeah, where Paul just felt not? guilty and he just stayed in the car. Was that always the plan or did you write something? Was there a different storyline with that? And you said, you know, Paul's kind of always been the dick in all of your stories, sort of. Uh, I guess, you know, that was his penance for, you know, the... I hate to call it, it was an accident, but, you yeah. know, drinking and driving, the, the sin of it, you know, mm-hmm. if we want to go all Catholic guilt on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, uh, what was the reasoning behind having Durgan just need a, an asshole for the story? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, we went Durgan over Tim. Gone with, I could have gone with Tim. Yeah. But uh, you, Tim is more otherworldly. Durgan is just a, you know, just we've all met a Durgan, whether we've he's been our bully or just a dick. We've all met yeah. one, you know. Durgan's the down to earth dick. Tim is the spiritual yes. dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I get what you were saying about the story being heavy and you having to walk away from it for a little while when you were done and just kind of take a breather. Was there anything special that you did afterwards to kind of decompress from that? Did you guys take a trip? Did you go hunting or fishing or just what, what did you do afterwards? It just to get your mindset back into the, to reality of, of what, what happened? Well, there's going to be no great revelation here. Um, I am a hermit author uh so we'll we'll just go with extra booze float how's that okay 
fair enough? Anything good? Yeah, yeah. The, the, it, the way everybody should deal with their problems is drink more. As yeah. we just talked about in Like and Followed book two, you know, there, there are, are there no, Mike says, are there no problems that beer cannot solve? The answer is no. No. You definitely forget about them, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 a help, it's a helpful little little two there was there any any special alcohol that you drank or was it just your what was in your fridge did you do you go out uh, afterwards and celebrate like each each book after you you finish it like do you have a a ritual that you do or uh generally i will take the next day off but that's honestly it uh as someone that you know works for themselves i just you know God, you know, I see some of my peers and like, oh, look, hey, we we're flying to Vegas for the week. Oh, hey, look, we went up to Washington State and we went up to Alaska and hung out with the sled dogs. And it's like, why, why are all these people doing this crap? And I'm, you know, working 20, not 24 seven, but I haven't figured out a great balance. Uh, it took me a long time just to get to the point where I sort of take weekends off like i don't even take the weekends off so mm -hmm. i'm still trying to strike a balance that i have not <laughs> found yet and i'm i'm 12 years in so well i don't know i guess i'm a slow learner you took some time to go to red rocks to see widespread panic yeah but i crammed in extra work before i went to make sure i wouldn't be behind so you know are you of the mindset if that if you're not working you're not you know, if you're not, you're not working, you're not making money, you're not, you, you always have to be working. Yes. Cause, um, you know, I grew up in Boston, you know, that, uh, blue collar family. Um, mm -hmm. and you, you're always, I, I don't know about the rest of the country. Maine is way different, but definitely in Boston, man, you're always hustling. And, you know, it's like, I'm sure people from any big city, New York, you're always hustling. You're always moving. You always get things going on, uh, work to do money to make that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So. Yeah, sometimes it's it's a it's a friggin' burden. Like sometimes I, I I want to chill out and relax. I'm like, ooh, but I've got you know I've got seventy five emails I haven't responded to today, or you know there's thirty eight freaking uh, messages on Facebook that need to be looked at, and you know oh you only wrote fifteen hundred words today. You wanted to do two thousand, so uh, you better edit this book. You know, I mean, there's always there's. I, and I just, there's always going to be stuff to do. I just haven't figured out how to not do it or, or I don't know, spread it out. You need an assistant. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I mean, and that's with Tracy working full time behind the scenes on the business aspect. Like I can't like, I look at folks like Sean Chesser. He, he writes, he does. He goes through his edits. He doesn't edit. He does do his own edits, but he goes through his edits. He, he writes, he does all his marketing, all his business, all the stuff, putting it up and he has no partner, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. How, and he still goes on vacation. So I'm like, I need to I think I need to call up Sean and figure out what the hell he's doing. <laughs> You're relatively good about getting back to people and interacting with the people on, on Facebook and, you know, even if going, even if you don't read every single comment that people leave on something, you give it a like to 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 show that hey, I looked at it, I saw it. You're interacting with people, and 
I think that's a takeaway. A lot of people that have come on the show, they've talked about that, that you're very approachable. And, you know, if you reach out to you, you're going to get back to them, you know, fairly quickly. It's not going to be, you know, a, a year or two later, where it's like, oh, I found this email or whatever. And I'm sure you can't get back to everybody, but you're really good about that. And, uh, you know, I think that that goes back to the blue collar, you know, I, um, yeah, you folks are spending your hard earned money on my, my quibblings, you know, so, and I appreciate it greatly, you know, that you guys are supporting me through this. And, um, you know, I've always been, if, if you take a minute out of your day to say something to me, then I need to take, and I don't need to, but I should take a minute out of my day to thank you, you know, so. That has been my philosophy. Well, that is, I'm sure, you know, myself included in this to say thank you for that, because it's, it means a lot. It means a lot as a fan. It means a lot that you took the time to get back to me. Pers I mean, I, speaking from personal experience, because there are some people that, you know, years that I spent in the music scene, reaching out to other artists and musicians and, and things like that. And some of them don't give you the time of day. And there are other ones that would take the time to talk to you or, or to have a conversation with you, or even just email you back. And those are the people that you remember and that you follow and, you know, you buy their albums, you buy their books and you interact with more and where you are kind of self-promoting and self-publishing yours and doing all this stuff yourself that helps a lot in where you drop, you know, like in Fallout Seven, Seven or it's a Seven or Six. Well, this one's considered like in Fallout Six, but it's six, seventh okay. in the series. Seventh in the series, where everybody today was, you know, today and yesterday, going crazy for it, sharing it, posting it, liking it, doing all of that, and that's a a testament to who you are as a person. It shows that you're that blue collar guy that you appreciate hardworking people as much as they appreciate you. So on behalf of myself and all the other fans, you know, thank you for that. And we wish uh, you, we wish you all the success in the world. And we want to see, and this is probably a, probably not a very popular thing. I kind of don't want to see zombie fallout as a series. As much as I would love to, because I want you to get the accolades that you deserve, I think the whole zombie genre has been done to death at this point. And I think everybody would compare it to Walking Dead. I think something like a Callous Rose or Spirit Clearing or even Lichen Fallout would make a better series right now if Audible was to option anything like this and, and do an audio to video type of situation i think lichen followed or indian hill would be my two favorite picks to make as a series in shred uh not shredded world uh what's the one that we were just talking about the spirit clearing that one right there in the corner uh spirit clearing as a standalone movie i think that would work awesome as a standalone movie as a horror movie for halloween time in my opinion but who the hell am i <laughs> i mean i've I, just I wouldn't rambled. lose sleep I I if any of them made it to the screen. It's all right. I wouldn't lose sleep if any of them made it to the screen, you know? So Yeah. Uh, Do you I think they the, would, um, Hollywood would, what if Hollywood bastardized your child and took your book, kind of like how when um, 
when world Stephen King looks at the uh, yeah, like a World War Z, it was just it was still great. It was so, but very different from the book. And you can't do World War Z the book as a movie because there would just be people sitting there talking. Um, I think the reference I was going to make was like The Shining, where Kubrick totally took it in a different direction. And Stephen King's, you know, I hate he hated his own creation. He hated that movie. He didn't like it because it was so much different than the book. Are you afraid of that happening to you? How big's the check? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Good point. Or would you, um, like the Harry Potter you know, novels. You love the Harry Potter books and, you know, Jim Dale's amazing at it. You read the books and then you go and see the movie and you're like, this is totally, what did they do? They left this part out and where's this and where's that? It's it's just so totally different. Well, I, you know, I just, they, they cannot make a true adaptation. It's just, I mean, the movie would be, you know, 10 hours long and no, nobody's going to sit sit around for that. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't I be upset if it was bastardized? You know, when the produce, some producers got a hold of way back when and wanted to produce it and they were like yeah we're not going to do this bt character and i was like um uh, you kind of missed the point of the entire series uh, yeah so obviously they hadn't gone too far into it who's this han solo guy do we need him george yeah. get him out of here yeah i don't you know i mean just the the exposure i would get even if they bastardized a film the exposure the books would get would be next level. You know, I, you know, everybody, you would hope that a fair amount of people, I mean, if you walk into 98 and a half percent of the pop, the households in the United States, they're like Mark Tupo who, you know? Yeah. I mean, so if, if you get your name out there, even if the film is met, then, you know, hopefully the book sales would, um, would kick like I don't I don't need to be JK Rowling rich. I mean it would be nice. Nice, don't get me wrong. But I would love to have money not be an issue, you know, not not like just I hate sales, Jeff. I and this, this is my <laughs> life now. My life is sales and I don't like it. I liked there was something to the blue collar like Friday I got a check. You know, this yeah. is how much I'm getting. This is how we're gonna budget. But this thing is like Okay, here's an advance. Uh, make sure it lasts for the next seven months. Like, oh shit, you know I mean, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, it's a different world for me, and it's something I never prepared for in life. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not boohoo me boohoo. Um, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's surreal. It's and it's terrifying. It's everything all in one. Yes. Don't quit, don't yes. quit your day job just yet, kids, but keep at it. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I really liked getting back to spirit clearing. I really liked the story behind it. And on my second read through, my second listen, I kind of, it took me, I didn't really, I completely forgot the ending of it. So when I got to the ending, I went, oh shit, that's right. This happened. I was blown away twice by the ending of the story. And I, I really liked that. And I, I kind of, when Durgan was kind of the good guy at the end, he kind of had that Tim at the end of um, Devil's Desk type of epiphany where 
you know, he's still the asshole, but he's kind of the good guy at the same time, as much as an asshole can be a good guy. Is that something subconsciously that, that when you're writing the story, like, I'm just going to kind of throw this in here. So people are kind of thrown off a little bit by that. Yeah. And there's an aspect to me too, where I, 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 I always hope even if it's not the case that everybody's got a little piece of decent in them, you know? So mm-hmm. and I try to reflect that in the characters. And yeah, then my mother didn't have any decency in her. No. She oh. was just a bitch from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Um, the Dino junior, maybe it was her sister. I was wondering like, are you going to work in that this is like my grandmother didn't know or she's like a, a relative an aunt or something like that but you never did that i know i suppose i could have um you know i mean it's when you look back you're like ooh, shoulda woulda coulda you know but when you're writing it it you know it some of those things just don't um they don't hit you know you, don't, you can't you don't do see a callow death scene rewrite type of thing Oh, I, I try to stay away from the rewrites. They are a pain in the arse. <laughs> oh, I, I already bet. did that with distance, you know? Yep. Yeah, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And somebody sent me the original, uh, the page, the death scene page of Tallow. Yeah. I, I'm sure I could have gone forward with him dead. I don't, I don't know why at the time it seemed so important I needed to resurrect him, but. Mm-hmm. Here we are. It worked out. Yeah. So it was a great. That would make a good. I mean, all of them would make a good movie or a good Netflix series or an Amazon. I mean, if it's with Audible, an Amazon series. In my opinion. Yeah. I, you know, with, with the strike going, I don't know what's happening now. Probably next to nothing. But you know, I signed a contract with Audible. What back in December? I, I haven't heard anything. Like yeah. Boom. So, well, the wheels move very slowly in Hollywood, from what I hear. So, yeah. they haven't contacted me yet either. So, I'm, I've been waiting 50 years, or you know, <laughs> 30 years since I started getting into all this. So, you know, I'm still waiting. Any, I know, any, day, every, any it, day now, any day now, the phone's going to ring, Mark. Any day. Sometimes I open up my email, waiting for that, uh, you know, the Spielberg uh, email address, you know. And, yeah. I haven't got it yet. So no, we'll see. Just a bunch of spam and recipes and what hotel, give a hotel review. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So we're going to switch gears from, was there anything on spirit clearing that we didn't talk about that you wanted to get out? No, I think I'm good. Okay. So we're going to switch gears and talk about Callus Rose. Now this is going to be okay. a, um, another bonus episode. So we're going to, I'm just going to cut them up and do, one versus the other. So it's going to be like, we're going to start over again, but we're both wearing the same clothes. Okay. Do you want me to change? No, we're good. I don't think, I don't think the video is going to make it out on this portion. This is just going to be an audio, uh, audio only. So people aren't thrown off by the, the bad, the bad Kung Fu movie dubbing. That sucks. Okay. Uh, shit happens. And you're wearing a giant sweatshirt. So you're, you know, that's, that's really not nice. You get a giant sweatshirt but a Red Sox hat. Come on. I know. Yeah, it's a get its own story, I suppose. <laughs> but you're not a Yankees fan. God, no. Please. So why Giants over New England? 
Um, I didn't really watch uh, pro football back in the day. And then I started hanging around. Like, I met Dennis in freshman year in high mm-hmm. school. And he was from the Bronx. And, you know, we'd hang out. And, like, on Sunday, they were all, the entire family was the Giants family. And I just started watching the Giants with them. And I was like, go Big Blue, you know. So, all right. There you go. You no, know, I, I live, breathe, and eat the Red Sox, you know. So. Mm-hmm. There you go. So awesome. All right. So Callis Rose, this was definitely a different take. Um, you don't think, and I'm not dating you here, uh, but you know, where a middle-aged man would write a teenage a story about a, a female teenager. What was the inspiration behind that? Uh, you know. The entire book, weird as this might sound, was a dream. I I had a dream. I woke up. I started writing. That, Much that different is... than Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, I had that's, a dream. Yeah. Where Callis Rose was the name always Callis. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. I didn't have names in the dream, as far as I knew, as I know, but. Uh, the whole thing was mapped out right there for me. So, what the hell, man? When uh, when you handed a gift, man, don't uh, don't smash it. Do you remember? Did you, did, like, did you wake up immediately and write it down? Because I'll come up with things in my head in my dreams, and I'll wake up and be like, I'll remember that. Shit, ten minutes later, I forgot to write it down, or I forgot to put it in my voice memo of my phone. You know, the the vast majority of dreams are just like anybody else. You know, they. The second you step out of bed, they they left behind on the pillow. Mm-hmm. That one was like, here I am. You know, it was a, uh, it was it was there. It it wasn't going anywhere. I didn't have to worry about losing it. I mean, I did write notes um, to get it all, make sure I got all the highlights and the points I wanted to get across. But it it never went anywhere. Interesting. The book talks a lot about the foster care system. Um, did you ever have any experience with that or know anybody in that? Or what was your research in that? Because we've had some people, um, I know some people that have been in the foster care system and the guy that was on, uh, uh, Robert Johnson that was on, he knew about the, he, he used to do the foster care system as well. And just, you know, it kind of rang true with, with, with a lot of people. You know, all, all, not most, all of my experience comes from reading you know, horror stories about the foster system, you know, and I just incorporated them into the book. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that there was a, uh, she was like the, the the third, second or third foster mother was just a flat out crackhead and or heroin addict and was saying it flat out to the guy dropping her off, dropping off callus at the house. And, you know, they didn't care. They just, they needed a place to put her and they dropped her off. You know, he he dropped her off on the doorstep, and the, uh, Gary, who who dropped her off, was like, "I don't normally do this, and I can probably lose my job, and it's probably illegal." But here's my cell phone number. If you need anything, you know, call me. Which y- you never hear anything about that, or y- it just it, it kind of blew my mind. Like, holy shit, they're at the bottom of the list if they're dropping her off at this house. Where is this gonna go? 
and and what is going to happen yeah. to this sweet little girl that just wanted an iPod. It's all she wanted. Just wanted an iPod, you know? I, I always liked the fact, obviously it took its toll on her, but I liked the fact that she could fight back. You know, you didn't expect this sweet little innocent, you know, started off an 11 year old was able to, you know, hold her own. And mm -hmm. then, and then unfortunately she went from holding her own to striking out, but you know, that I, I appreciated the fact that she could, could stand up for herself. Oh, well, rightfully so. I think it was great that she stood up for herself, especially with the, the I forget the house that she was at, but the guy was the the pedophile. You know, when he shows up in a room in the middle yeah. of the night, you know, the, one of the most painful things in the world to have happen is to have it bent back the wrong way. And I think she bent it back the wrong way and made him crunch it sideways. And, you know, literally there's no bone there, despite popular belief, but she heard it crack. <laughs> you know it, she she messed him up pretty good as rightfully so yeah that was kind of one of those moments where i was like oh, i hope this dude something bad happens to him you know <laughs> I, I think a lot of people when they read that 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 scene all the guys cringed as as we do when something like that happens you get that Ooh. but yeah you deserved it you're an yeah. asshole you know but she gets taken away from that. You know, that guy goes to jail. The wife is there who has knew nothing about it. They're all happy for the next year, her and her, you know, foster brother. And then the assistant comes in and says, nope, sorry. You know, this guy was a pedophile, but it took him a year to figure that out, which isn't uncommon in the foster care system. Then she goes and lives in the, tra in the trailer with the people with the that just lost the son in the uh in in basic or in the in the war uh fighting in the in the military she starts high school and did you take the bus what was the it, you went to school in in boston right like what was that did you ever know any kids that were in foster care or anything like that or there was always that one kid that the girls always ganged up on yeah no i um I lived in Boston until I was what ten, uh, and I was I was bust into into another area, and then uh, at ten my folks moved out to the the suburbs. We were in Walpole, uh, took the bus again. But no man, and um, God, if if there was bullying, I I, I don't remember seeing it. You know. Not not to anything to the degree, you know, you, you saw in that book, that's for sure. Right, right. So that was just all your imagination. It never really came from real life instances. I mean, not that nope. zombies or anything, you know, come from real life instances or anything, but it's, you know, stuff that you think about. What was the, so with all that, what was the motivation to write this story? If it was just well, a dream, you have it like, oh, okay, but as you get going, you go in depth with a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of twists and turns in that one in this one story that you don't have in a lot of your your others. Mm, you're asking you're, you're dancing around stuff. I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to recreate. Uh, okay. I'll be honest, you know, when I write a book. And then it's edited and done. 
I mean, it's literally like swept off the table and onto the next, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I'll have people will come up and start, uh, Oh, this part in like and fallout six where you did this. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not entirely sure what you're talking about, you know? So I, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's a fugue state going on or, you know, yeah, it just, uh, I only have so much internal memory and I have to clear it out when we get to the next, that kind of thing. Control alt delete and uh you're on to the next thing, you know. Empty emptying out, empty out the trash bin, so to speak. <laughs> I mean with Callis, um she was never going to have a a good a quote unquote good life. You know, it was always going to be fraught with hardships, and that's where all the twists and turns came in. Did you ever think about giving it a happy ending or did you get shit for not giving it a happy ending? I, uh, I don't think my writing is conducive to happy endings. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I guess, uh, you know, I even had to go back and, and mess around with the Riley series to, you know, uh, I don't want to spoil every friggin' book I own. Did you have you read those or listened to those? Or anything? I have Riley's the one series I have not listened to yet. All right, I won't say anything. I um, you you've read the majority of my stuff. Most stuff does not end well. Yeah, you know, it, it, there's no and they lived happily ever after the end. There's none of that. No, even the Indian Hill series that ended, it's like. Dun, dun, dun. you know yeah. what's what's going to happen next you know so because mm -hmm. i want um, to bring that up just to mess with you Jeff. yeah of course because we're never going to get a book eight thank you very much uh <laughs> but we kind of did but it was you know it's like a like and follow it's a couple hundred years in the future the, the world they hit, hit the reset button uh was it intentional to have at the end and again spoiling Turn it off if you don't want to know. Where BT, do you? Okay, now I'm going into show mode here. Was it intentional that BT shot her, or did Callus turn the gun from BT on her? Inquiring yeah. minds want to know. You know, I actually listened to your show and I enjoyed it, so thank you. And that that actually got me thinking about that question because you brought that up there. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know at the time. I I want to say that Callus was very aware of what she was doing to herself, how she was tearing away pieces of her soul. Um, and maybe when she first turned the gun on him, mm -hmm. that was her initial intention was him to take himself out. And then she was maybe eased up a bit so that, you know, she could be killed. And then she had that instantaneous change of heart where she decided she was going to live on so to speak. Mm -hmm. Okay. In, and I think Amber had, had talked about this. I had forgotten about it where in shrouded world BT, you get the, the fat BT talks about yeah. how he kind of lost it because he shot a kid. Was that an initial tie in or, or no? Yes. hundred percent tie. hundred percent okay. Easter egg. Okay. I will take credit for that Easter egg. That was intended. All right. And some of them are just happy happenstances, like the whole quarterback uh, where Kevin gets hit by the quarterback, gets hit by the linebacker and is paralyzed. That's not a direct tie in to Tim. 
I can't honestly say I want to. I want to take 100% credit for that, but I might take it indirectly. You know, you uh, you brought it up and it fits. So I, I want to say it was, but I can't. I don't know for sure. And I, I don't know how many years ago I wrote that book. I mean, but boy, that's a hell of a freaking fit, isn't it? It would be a it would be a it'd be a great tie because when I was reading it, I was like, wait, Tim talks about in a in a one of the flashbacks in Tim where he hit a linebacker, hit a quarterback, and went head to head and broke his neck and went and visited him in the hospital. So I'm reading, I'm like, is Tim gonna show up in this and just you know kind of come in and I don't feel sorry for you, tough shit. My father made me come in and or the coach made me come down and and say sorry, but we never got never got that moment they were written fairly close together so there there is a definite chance that even if it wasn't intended you know it leaked out just because mm -hmm. uh it was knowledge that was floating around in my noggin at the time gotcha so yeah so Callista, uh she, she dies at the end everybody if, if you didn't pick up on that and uh you know but did she but did she die at the end is she that powerful that she can stop a bullet? No, but she had the ability to transfer her thoughts and force people to do things. Uh, and then, I mean, I'm sure you caught it, but, you know, she was talking to Kevin after that bullet had already been fired. Mm -hmm. You know, I can make you walk. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yep. Trying to remember now. I'm like, wait, are we getting a Callus Rose too? Is this what you're hinting at? So, oh, I'm not so, hearing a no. Uh, you know, that was my door. That was my door if I needed it. How's that? Like, if I needed to open a door, I had it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Doors always open. So, no Indian Hill eight, but a Callus Rose two. All right. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> how much i can get freaking on the uh on i the understand book. no you don't have to so <laughs> so what else has been new how you been oh i got a note just said my internet connection is unstable so i don't so it must know me it's definitely unstable because uh you, you stopped talking like five seconds ago but your mouth is still going there buddy so can you hear me i can hear you perfectly oh okay. i can see you but there's a delay. So you, you, you right. move uh, first and then I hear the words. So sound, so yeah. light is faster than sound on this Zoom meeting. All right. Um, what's been up? Uh, just working. Um, like I had honestly forgot I had a book dropping yesterday. You know, <laughs> I had to. I had to have Tracy like, uh, you know, you dropped a book. You should probably put some 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 announcements. And so, mm -hmm. oh yeah, yeah, because I just I'm I'm into the next project, and you know that book's done. So it's it like I said, it's out of my head, and I've moved to the next. So yeah, so all of this is um, off the record now at this point. Uh, how oh. is the okay. the Halloween story working? Uh, it's not yet. Um, okay. I have a deadline I have got to finish and that the book I'm writing for the deadline will be done this month. 
And as soon as that's done, I'm going to whip out the Halloween story. Okay. How soon do you need the audio for it? Oh, I don't need it till late October. Uh, I'm hoping to have you a nice, clean version. What is it? Uh, I'm looking at my calendar. It's the ninth. Mm. I should be done with this book by the end of the month. Uh, I don't know why I couldn't get you a nice, clean file by mid-September. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, I, mean, I am like it's not good. so excited for this. You have no idea. Yeah, as soon as I come, as soon as I come up with the concept, we'll be all fucking set. No, no dreams in your head or anything like that of, of what it's going to be. <laughs> um, th the thing is, I haven't given it much thought because I can't. So, right. Uh, I I cannot swerve right now. I am a. I get to, I get a publisher foot on my neck. It no fucking lie. So nope. understandable. I, I don't like it. Uh, you know, for the first <laughs> few the first few years of this doing this, it you know I, I was on my own indie. I, it, when a book was ready, the book was ready. When we wanted yeah. to put it up, we put the book up. You know, uh, there was you know. Then you start getting money, and they're like, "When's the book coming out?" It's almost like you're working a regular day job now. You got deadlines and Dufo, where's my reports? You know? Yeah, where's my weenus? You know? Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's it's a different life. I, I I love it, don't get me wrong, but it, it is it is a lot of fucking work too. No, I bet. I bet. But it beats uh it beats sitting in a cubicle. Oh fuck, dude. I, I'm not built for a cube, man. You know, even even before any of this, you know, I went from blue collar, went back to school, and then landed in cubes, man. It's just uh, nobody should be working in a cube. It was not not just me, nobody, you know. But fuck. yeah, they're horrible. Now all the people, yeah, now all the people losing their minds because they got to go back to the office, you know. And I don't blame them. I I wouldn't want to go back either. You know. Yeah, you've been working in your pajamas for the last shit three years now at this point yeah so yeah i i can't i can't imagine can't never had that issue work straight through the pandemic because i was always delivering you know i was busier me and mary were both busier than ever because she was doing nursing um all of her group programs they all went on lockdown so you know she worked for developmentally disabled adults they didn't go to day programs they did nothing they were all in the house and I was delivering the home dialysis stuff at the time. So they shut down all the, the clinics and the hospitals and centers. So everybody had to have their dialysis stuff brought to their house. And it's actually funny, uh, popped up on my Facebook memories. I just posted. I'm like, I love delivering in Maine. Thank God no one else was on this road because my truck barely fit down it. And it's just, it's a straight shot, of like just a dirt road somewhere up in. Yeah, I saw it. Maine. I saw it today. Yeah. <laughs> And it's one of the things me and my buddy always laugh about and make jokes. Like no matter how bad our day is going, it's like, you know what? It beats doing home patients. Cause that was just a shit ass job to do. And some of the place, like we literally delivered to some of these houses in Callis Rose, you know, like the crack house and just, you're like, Oh my God, people live like this. How, how do you live like this? But they do. No, I used to, uh, when, when I was hustling back in Colorado, um, 
it was at the point at the height of the uh, housing collapse when everybody mm-hmm. was losing their house. One of my jobs was to do trash outs. You know, I'd have to go in and, and just clean all the garbage out of these houses. You know, the people had lost. Dude, some of them were like, are, are you kidding me? You you guys lived here? Really? Yeah. Well, that's what my buddy that owns the comic book shop that I, was, I sent you the stuff about. He did a clean out. Um, one of his customers, it was his mother's house. And he found on she collected mark when i tell you the shit this woman saved you think of the kid that never opened up a star wars package she would buy two of everything and she played with one or watched one video and kept one like the like the star wars posters that he's keeping they're the original posters rolled in the tube never hung up never moved nothing like, holy shit, the stuff she had. Like, the original Star Wars calendar. That's a... Still in the cardboard with the mailing address on it. She saved one and opened the other. But he said her, he showed me pictures. Her house literally was like, he was stepping on something at one point and he was moving stuff out of the way and realized that he was standing on her bed. It was just a mattress on the floor. She bought two oh. Betamax machines to watch all of her videos. One of them is still in a box, but she had the other one open that she watched the videos on. Like, it was just, he's like, I can't believe the shit that she had. It was all the original trading cards, um, but she took the gum out of the pack so it didn't ruin the cards. But she has all the original Star Wars trading cards when they first came out, like from 77 or whenever Star Wars came out. It's like, holy shit, it was, it's crazy. Yeah, I just but people live like that. This. Yeah, oh yeah, I just stumbled across this. It was a Lego X-wing, uh, a Christmas edition. It was a special Christmas edition, mm-hmm. and that that thing, man, used. They're selling on eBay for like seven, eight hundred dollars. Oh my gosh, if I could stumble across one of those. I still have the original. You remember they did the, the, the little the Star Wars miniatures. They had the diecast metal figurines. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, not the full size Millennium Falcon. It's the the next size down, but it's I don't have the figurines anymore. But it was from the Cloud City scene where Luke has one arm and he's like this, and Lando's like this, and you can raise up the the, the emergency hatch, and Luke can jump down to Lando. Like I still have, I just have the ship. I don't have the pieces anymore, but the ship's hanging downstairs with all my other Star Wars crap. I'm like, I wonder if that's worth something but it's like it's the original one from the 80s when they did empire strikes back that's awesome yeah you just think of all the crap you save and everything like that it's nuts i know you know how much crap you threw away and now you're like oh no yep mom i was gonna use that why'd you get rid of it so but we used i I don't know if you remember but like the old um the old cowboy and Indian sets, the plastic sets with like the fort and stuff Ooh. back in the day. That's not that, very those woke. Are worth a, oh, big time. That, those are fortune. They are worth a fortune. Oh, I bet. I had one. You know, I'm sure it's in a landfill somewhere now, you know. Every kid had. We have always had the cowboys and Indians. They were just, they was they, the 70s. That's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, but I won't keep you. I know you got uh, you got stuff to do and everything like that. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, buddy. Oh, I appreciate you doing all this, brother. No problem. Hey, did you uh, check out that website I sent you with all of your interviews on it? I did. Yeah, it's got a few. Definitely not all of them, but yeah, there's definitely a few on there. It's interesting. Like I was binging this. Like my my schedule is Monday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I'll listen to the books that we're going to talk about on Wednesday at like 1.7 speed. I'll get. How do you done. do that? How do you do that when it's talking so fast? It seems. <sighs> It kind of, I don't know whether Audible slows it down to make it seem like it's that fast or not, but when I listen to it at regular speed, it sounds like he's talking so slowly. The 1.7 sounds regular speed, and maybe that's fucking me up in my own voice work, because when I do a lot of recordings, I think I'll do it way too fast. When I listen back to myself, I'm like, no, 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 this, this isn't Audible being sped up. You got to slow down. You got to slow down. But Dude, I that's get the all Boston done. in you. Yeah. That's the Boston in you. I got, I got to get it fucking done, man. It's got to get fucking done now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So on Fridays is just a free for all. I'll listen to another book or you know a lot of catch up on podcasts. But I started just binge listening all of those interviews um, that you had done with some of those some of those guys, and it was it was quite interesting. I, I learned I learned a lot, and I heard a lot of that. You have a lot of like not a canned response but it's like yep i'm being asked this question again yeah here's my answer please go back and see interview a i mean what am i gonna do you know if they ask the same question i i I don't know i I guess i could go in a whole different direction and you know i i started writing when i kissed a porpoise you know i don't know what the fuck to say just mess with them come up with a different story every single time so nobody knows what the truth is yeah exactly so yeah and i feel like sometimes like the the answers come off as broke you know like i'm just and then i did this because this is what happened you know it's like eh. yeah i can hear it in your voice when when i'm listening to it i'm like oh he hates being asked this question he appreciates it but he hates this is his you know this is his origin story. And there's only so many times you can tell your origin story. You know, it's like with DC now, like they're not telling any more origin stories. Like, I don't want to see Batman's parents get killed again in another movie. Again. We know Peter again. Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider. We don't need to see it again. You know, we know how Mark started it's, writing. <laughs> it, it's like, you know, I don't even want to direct people to the interviews because it's all stuff any of my fans and readers have heard before you know so it's like eh. yeah so i like i hope i'm kind of getting new information or touching no on dude on I, totally I actually trying to at least i shit you not it, it, it's weird because like it's weird for me to be hearing my name spoken number one but i do enjoy your shows like i on fridays I, I will uh grab a beverage and enjoy the show so it's still weird though, you know, and then, then sometimes I get cringy because some of the people are like, well, there was this one part that, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, man. Don't call me out, motherfucker. You know, so. <laughs> you're hearing people talk, talk back to you about you, but not directly to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's and like- I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to die on that callous rose sword, man. I, I, I will. Oh, I will shit, find that yeah. passage. 
Did you find I, it? I will find that. Pet. No, I'm going to find <laughs> it. I'm going to write it in, man, just so it's there. And I hated to be the bearer of bad tidings. I'm like, I just listened to this three times. I never once heard anything about Mike in this book. He's not. I I, I don't know what the hell I'm remembering. He's never named. It's just. I, I now at this point I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm gonna read the book or listen to it. Yep. It's just some a, a commotion in the background is how I remembered it in my head. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. It's looking like it isn't. So, at, at first, listen when I when you first said it, I thought it was like at the Chuck E. Cheese scene. Um, but I'm like, no, he didn't get. There was no commotion at Chuck E. Cheese. Just the the pedophile Don was the guy's name you know, checking out the kids and Callus realizing that it was, but then there was in the, 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 the first scene where Callus gets taken away from her parents um, when she's in the car with BT and then the, the, the nosy neighbors are coming up asking what's going on. We have a right to know. And the cop BT calls for backup and gets the, you know, the, 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 the crowd control out of the way was Mike, one of the nosy neighbors in the background, you know, was the neighborhood little turtle or, or wasn't it, you know, where, where, where was that taking place? I was kind of thinking of that, but like, nope, never once was anybody getting arrested in the background that I, that I recall. Uh, uh, the way it plays out in my head, uh, BT is back at the station and it's got to be a different book. It's got to be. But BT's back at the station, and there's some asshole in the background being just a general nuisance, sarcastic jerk. You know, it's like two sentences long. I think he gets his head slammed against the friggin' desk, and, you know, that's it. That, that's, that was supposed to be Mike. Um, but I don't know where it is. Uh, maybe it ended up on the cutting room floor. I was say, it's on the cutting room floor. I got edited out. <laughs> It could have. I guess it could have. Oh, for Callus Rose too. There you go. There's, there's, there's a seat. You already got, you already got one scene written. It's done, man. I'm almost done with that one now. <laughs> All righty, well, sir. Well, shit, brother. Uh, I guess I'll show you Wednesday night. Yeah, you as well. And we will, uh, we'll talk soon. All right, brother. All Peace. right. Thanks, Mark. Have a good night.